You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And here we are, Charlie and I looking out the window here from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village, waiting for the snow to arrive. And I've got my snowshoes in the car, just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, it it apparently is moving in from the uh, Hamilton area. Uh, I I imagine Buffalo is going to be buried. Uh, from the sound of things, you know, certainly uh, what I was think it? Niagara Falls will 15 be. to 25 centimeters, sort of to the west. Mm. And uh, well, we're going to maybe about 40 down St. Kitts Way, I think. Yeah, yeah. oh gosh, big, big snow. Well, maybe we'll get some calls from down there. Well, and yeah, those yeah, those people can tell give us, us what, give us a weather report here. It's just little dust coming yeah, down. It's not much. I don't think we're going to get slammed. Uh, well, at where all. you and I live, we're up north of the 401, yeah. north of Highway 7. Yeah. We're going to get like nothing, yeah, or that's virtually what nothing. That's well, what we hope so, anyway. I always get a little, little concerned about the drive home mm-hmm. up the 404, you know. Late oh. in the afternoon. Not so much, you know, but it's other drivers exactly. who just don't can pay attention uh, and they're not driving according to conditions. That's the problem. I, well, you know what's interesting, too? I um, go to Costco for various and yeah. sundry things and every time I've been in Costco for the last two months or more, uh-huh. there's been lineups at the snow tire oh. area. <laughs> Good Lord. So yesterday yeah. I was in there and there was nobody there. And so I was said, wow, you'd think with a snowstorm coming, there'd be people in here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you know, we've been just busier than ever, but, you know, it's slowed down. Now it's January. Yeah, yeah. And I said, but the good thing about that being so busy is more people have snow tires. Yes. Which is which is great. I yeah. mean, I have snow tires this year for the first time in 20 years. So, Well, my son, more. Toby, you know, Alan Gelman and the guys who yes, are going to follow us uh, with, a, with, you know, a guy Dave's, Dave's Corner, Corner Garage, garage. Uh, sent Toby over to uh, Alan Gelman's, the Glen Allen Motors there, to get his uh, get new tires on. Mm. He lives right downtown. So it's not as imperative for him to have snow tires. Yeah, but he's got little kids. And, you know? Yeah, but he's, he's got all, all seasons. And, and, yeah. and um, Alan said, no, he's, he's going to be fine. But he's so delighted with uh, the New treatment tires. he got from the oh. guys. Oh, yeah. Really super, super. I've been in there. The one time I was in Glen Allen, I, yeah, I felt, like a, I felt like I was on a Cheers episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, just so... They're, well, they're always, you know... Bantering a, and... Yeah, with the customers and, and forth. And folks come in to hear the latest joke. You yeah, know? and every, there's couches everywhere. <laughs> Sit down, relax, oh, have a nap. You yeah. Know. Do you know what? Uh, we we better uh, get to business <laughs> here. Show. That's what this is all about. We're in the gardening show. Yeah. Uh, okay. You're right. So the numbers. Let me give them out. Alrighty. Uh, let me see. Uh, in Toronto, four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Anywhere else in the province, one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Well done. Thank you very much. And and uh, if you're a first-time caller, please let Sebastian know, our operator, and he will pass the word on to me. And when you get to the airwaves, just before you speak, you get that. Yeah, your garden wings. Call early, call often, one question per call. There you go. And I think it would be a good day to get wings. Yeah. You know, get up uh, mm-hmm. out of the snow and... <laughs> Off into the, yeah. find some sunshine above the clouds. Yeah. Uh, uh, from last week, a couple of updates. Okay. We left 
the show, our last caller, I believe, was Gloria, and she was looking for an easy perennial vine to grow up a dead crabapple tree that she's left in her garden as a piece of statuary. Gloria, right here in Toronto, as a matter of fact. Uh, oh, okay, yep. you got that. All right, so, yeah. uh, so I was like, I don't know, I don't know. I sort of threw out a few suggestions. Uh, okay, one of our listeners came up with a very good suggestion. Gloria, if you're listening, honeysuckle vine. Oh, because honeysuckle, sun, shade, you know, dapple mm-hmm. is fine. Sweet, fragrant flowers, very pollinator supportive. Yeah, different colors are available. There's the, the sort of an ivory colored flower. There's the mm-hmm. red flower, and there's the pink flower. So you've got choices right. there in which color you want to grow, and they're pretty easy to grow. Mm. So uh, I think honeysuckle is a great suggestion. Also, one other. Oh, I, I put the name Gloria again. It wasn't Gloria. We had a question about delphiniums. Growing delphinium from seed, and that was Mary calling from Etobicoke, and she wondered when and how to grow them. And again, a listener reminded me to say, to be successful with delphinium seeds, they must be frozen 48 hours before planting. So stick them in the freezer for 48 hours before you plant. Thank you to Edna and Paul for... uh, Keeping me on track. It's always nice to have a team working working in the background. <laughs> believe me, I know what it takes to keep you on track. Oh, so thank you very you much. Yeah. And just a quick reminder, mm-hmm. two weeks from today, okay. Terry Kennedy will be joining us here on The Garden Show. And she is here on behalf of the Southern Ontario Orchid Society oh, yes, and yes. the famous Orchid Show, which is coming up February 9th and 10th at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. All righty. Uh, we have at the moment, I'm looking at the monitor here in the studio. Uh, oh, some phones some are ringing. Folks, some folks are just calling now. That's mm-hmm. good. Okay, and we'll be back to chat with them uh, here on Zoomer Radio in just a couple of moments. Okay. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, we have a first-time caller Ooh, on the line. You're going to get some exercise. And, and at first, I thought. The caller's name is Ziggy. I thought, is that our Ziggy who does many shows here? Uh, I, I don't think so, because we're going to St. William. Uh, Williams. Sorry, that's Williams. Williams. Oh, I'm sorry. So that that is uh, near the Lake Erie shoreline. Basically. Turkey Point. Turkey Point. Okay. Well, good morning, Ziggy. Uh, welcome to the show. And, there and you Merry go. Christmas. <laughs> and Happy you. New Year. Belated Merry Christmas. Thank you. Um, yes, the way I was saying to the gentleman there is uh, I've been using... Uh, for sawdust, kitty, lit- kitty litter, um, instead of kitty litter, sawdust. Okay. Okay, so I've got this mountain out the back that's about three feet high, 20 feet wide, and <laughs> uh, 10 feet long. How long do I have to leave it composting before I can grow veggies and stuff in there? Hmm. How many? First, just a quick question. How many cats do you have? <laughs> um, I used to have a lot. Let me put it. I used to do rescue. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Now, now I'm down to minuscule. Mm, fewer uh, than 30. 10. Oh, okay. It's 30. Wow. Wow. Hey. Really? Wow. For, no. Well, I used to have up, upwards of uh, 300. Wow. Oh, my word. How the yeah. heck did you afford to feed them? Um, I used to get donations. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, it's it's the kitty litter that took the time. Yeah, no kidding. Well, yeah. And they were all inside, or you have like a, them in a barn or I something? Have, no, no, they're inside, but I have uh, outside enclosures built. Oh, okay. oh very good. So they can't okay. get out. They've got a um, uh-huh. steel roof above them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's four different enclosures so that uh, new colonies that yeah. come in aren't near the old they, colonies. They, 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 wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow, you're like a great cat psychologist, I bet, now. Um. Yeah, and a people psychologist. <laughs> ah. Oh, perfect. 
there you go. Well, yeah. if ever I want to find out how to herd cats, I know where I can go now. <laughs> well, uh, go to the Humane Societies because uh, the stopwatch yeah. is on them. All oh, right, mm-hmm. yes. it's true. Uh, other places, uh, most rescue groups don't kill. Some do. Uh-huh. Uh, don't give anything to PETA. Right. Uh, they kill. Yeah. Um, but no, like um, this uh, sawdust out the back. Uh, it, of course, has everything in it. Of Ammonia course. evaporates. Sure. I've been mixing well, in fertilizer. Oh, don't. You don't need to. Oh, I was told I had to do it to speed up the well, composting. It's okay, but keeping in mind, <clears throat> what is ammonia? Ammonia is nitrogen and hydrogen. Yes. So it's the, it, it, the, yes, nitrogen feeds the bacteria. Well, the bacteria that do the decomposing use nitrogen in the process. So okay. that's why people say fertilize to speed things up. Um, do you, uh, you know what I'd be inclined to do? Do you have access to any farms at all or anywhere where you could get a hold of some, uh, uh, manure, animal manure, not like like sheep or cow. Yes, that is. It could be well composted, or it could even be fresh. Yeah, I can. I, I'm living out in the country. Yeah, yeah so, that shouldn't be a problem. Oh, good. That would speed up your decomposition if you can get a, a sprinkle. You said about five by twenty by by something. So by ten, yeah. By ten, yeah. So if you could even get a whole yard or even two yards, cubic yards of some some manure. What's going to come in that manure is a whole bunch of amazing little organisms and bacteria that are going to chow down on that sawdust very quickly. Okay. You, you do have to keep the, it, the moisture levels up, obviously not now, but when we get into spring or summer, oh. make sure there's, this uh, is kept not soggy moist, but we always say the best composting moisture level is, or decomposing moisture level, is like a wrung out sponge. So it's just got mm-hmm. a bit of dampness to it, and you turning... So getting out a digging fork and, and sort of mm-hmm. flipping the top a few... You don't have to go right yeah, to the bottom. Yeah, I've been bottom. doing that with a pitchfork. Excellent, because that, again, that's going to keep it cool. The problem with composting is that it's an exothermic reaction, so it gets very, very hot inside. Yes. Uh, and the bacteria that are creating all that heat end up committing suicide because the heat levels build up so high oh, that they die. Really? Oh. So that's why we, we flip. The well, flipping. that's not a good idea. Well, no, that's yeah. why it is good to do that flipping, yeah. that opening up, because that cools the temperature down, keeps the bacteria alive. So, um, yes, it can be done. You wow. can be gardening. Uh, one quick question. That's source of the sawdust. Where are you getting it from? Um, from a private guy who does only custom woodworking. Okay. There's no glues. There's none of that horrible stuff in there. And oh. no... Um, so, obviously, he's using good quality woods, yes. hard woods, obviously. Very good quality wood. Wow. So, there's nothing there's nothing nasty in there that can hurt anything. Right. Okay, so, uh, your bigger challenge is going to be finding out what your pH levels look like. Because this is 100% organic matter. It's going to very quickly decompose. There's no question. You will ha- see a drop in that. If you do the things we've talked about, you'll be down to knee height on that entire berm by... You know, July 1st. The question is, will it be a healthy soil to grow vegetables in? That's when you're going to need to do a soil test. Okay. Okay. So, and from where you are, it's not that hard to send off a soil test to the University of Guelph, though there might be a place closer. I'll I'll double check. Um, Well, I head in that direction quite often anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, Yeah, and basically all you do is you online, and I can give you the address um, once we go go to a break and I can come up with the address. You go online and you send them a quick email. They send you a package, and the package tells you how to take the test, the little bag, the box, the form 
to fill out, and then you drop the whole thing in the mail. Uh, it costs, you know, 45, 50 bucks, and week or two weeks later, they email you all your results. Wow. It's well, that's, very, that's very effective. not a bad price. Yeah, no, it's totally worth it because there's no point in, you know, being so close to having a good soil when there's sort of one important element missing. Yes, and, I've got a farmer willing to bring his uh, plow out and flatten it down a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if you want it flattened down. It depends. What's the quality of your soil there is pretty good, isn't it? Your um, native it's, soil? It's very good. Um, the backyard, it's all moist. It's next to a bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little creek that flows through there, not too close to my place. Uh, but when you walk um, right at the back where all this is, it's quite. the soil is quite spongy. Mm. Right. So that's what, that, that's what worries me about bringing the plow into flat. And you want to avoid too much compaction in that soil, uh, even the, the soil you're creating there. Compacting is not a good idea. You need that, that, that flow of gas and air in and out of the soil. Mm-hmm. So my first impulse would be to say, I don't think I'd be necessarily rushing into in compacting it. I'd worry more about getting, getting it decomposed and let's see what the quality of, of the soil no, is. I definitely from, need it flattened down a little bit because it's a little bit too high to... Oh, oh it's going to drop. As it yeah. decomposes, it's going to drop. Well, it's uh, like I'm constantly putting more on, but I'm putting more on the front. The back part has dropped already. Right. Yeah, good idea. So sort of organize yeah. at your, your fresh versus your old yeah. ends on this wow, berm. Wow, what, what an interesting so, um, yeah. how many calls like this have you had in your lifetime? You know, uh, this one never. No. This is a new one. This is a brand new one. But you know what? I did something very similar where my children's playground used to be in our backyard, very dark corner under a tree, but, you know, with swing set and yeah. lots of kids' activities, super compacted soil and super shady. I took, well, I, with my kids' help, took everybody's bags of leaves in the fall one fall and we did a berm very similar to what you're talking it's 25 feet long it's about five feet high and it was about six or eight feet wide and my neighbors are like what are you doing you're starting like a composting facility (laughs) i threw some manure on there got some water on there my husband went out there and stirred it every now and then and i planted that berm in july no kidding it had dropped down to below knee height from five feet high from november Mm -hmm. to july and it was it was mostly leaves Mm -hmm. right so it was leaves and people's planters and all their stuff, weeds and stuff. Well, I think what you're doing yeah. for the cats is it's pretty good remarkable. On you. Yeah. Well, um, I don't believe in using the clumping. That kills animals more than it helps them. Mm. And um, the clay litter, it's too heavy, and it takes it takes a couple years to even start to compost. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's, um, that's our environment, I think, is a little bit too fragile to put up with too much of this stuff. Yeah. And the more people get cats in that, the more of this junk is going into landfill. I can hear a cat yeah. in the background. <laughs> now, uh, just there, one? There's just an one. Yeah. Ziggy, what, what, do you name them all? <laughs> uh, yes, they all have names. You're yes. kidding. And I have, uh, I have a very good memory in all I've adopted out, well, or no, I shouldn't say adopted out, taken in over 4,500 cats. Wow. Uh, oh. But I'd say... Um, the circumstances, the places that I get them from, mm. uh, aren't always the best. Of they course. don't always make it. Yeah. Uh, distemper is one of the biggest killers, mm. and mm. Uh, feline leukemia on FIV. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the, the yeah. feral yeah. cat that adopted us also is FIV. So yes, they can be compromised for sure. Well, good on you. Good on you. Saint, Thank you so much Saint for Ziggy. calling in. Uh, <laughs> really appreciate that. And a lovely story. Yeah. Great question, too. And what a fabulous question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with all of that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, wow. You want to do the numbers there? And oh, yeah, we'll... sure thing. 
Uh, here you go. In Toronto, 416-360-0740. Maybe you'd like to comment on that last call. Uh, 1-866-740-4740 uh, right, right here in uh, Toronto. And we have to take a little bit of a break. We'll be back in just a moment here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Alrighty, so it's uh, Charlie and I back at it here, um, and... And just Frank and I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of lonely. We're, we're, yeah, well, hello there. Um, in Toronto, phone number to call and rescue us. And, and you will get on, trust me. Yeah, absolutely. 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. You know, it's funny. I, was, I had to get some gas this morning, uh, so I, I had to go east to Highway 48 and then south to uh, my favorite little gas station, where I paid 95.9. More than I paid yesterday. Well, yeah, At I understand. My you favorite went to gas station, yes. 91 something? 91. 90.9. Anyway, in that little trip down 48, I glanced at one house as I went by, and here, the gates, the whole house still festooned with Christmas lights, wow. blazing away like crazy. So maybe it's so much work to put them up that they just leave them well, up year-round. I guess maybe and they maybe do. And maybe they forgot to turn them off last yeah. night. Yeah, maybe or so. Or they're on auto or something. Well, there's a guy right across the road on Kennedy Road from us. Uh, he's got this beautiful, big, got to be about 25 feet high, and he leaves those lights on year-round. On an evergreen, and, But it's yeah. beautiful. They're blue lights. Oh, beautiful. And yeah. you can see it for miles. Glowing you know, in just the Just lovely. Yeah. And so I'm wondering how many people are still dealing with their yeah. Christmas lights, you know? Yeah. Or yeah. the odd snowman still uh, lurking around somewhere. Well, we're going to be building snowmen later today, yeah. right? Well, that's right. what they say, yeah. There. But I mentioned to you, I have a neighbor. She is of Russian heritage, mm-hmm. and she celebrates the Christian Orthodox um, event right. in January, as, January opposed to Decem- yeah. as opposed to December. That's right. So she always has her tree up far beyond anybody. And hers blinks. So it's yeah, talking yeah. about seeing it from <laughs> miles away. <laughs> you got it. Well, um, uh, we better go to the lines here. We're saying we're getting some calls in already, which is just great. Thank you very much. And it looks like Siva's friend, on Siva. the line. Yes. yes, Siva, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I, I just want to know, how soon can I plant lettuce? Like what month? April, May? Outside or inside? Outside. Well, you're going to have to wait till we're frost-free. Okay. So it's probably May. Okay. And the soil warmed up. It just depends how winter goes and how spring goes. But if you have a bright windowsill or a little grow light of any kind, you could plant lettuce inside right now. Oh, okay then. Because it grows fast. All right. Uh I still have all my butternut squash and so from last summer, so I'm good. (laughs) You're good for the weekend, are you? Yes. (laughs) Hunker down. Thanks, guys. Okay, thank you. Thanks for calling. Happy New Year. Same to you. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye now. Uh, and in Sutton, Ontario, Janice is on the line. Good morning, Janice. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I bought an amaryllis bulb last November, thinking I was going to have some lovely blooms at Christmas, but it did not bloom. At the moment, the bulb is still sitting in front of my living room window, a sunny window, and has four long uh, leaves, probably almost four feet long. Mm. I've been told I should just not worry about it and get rid of it. Will it ever bloom again? Where did you get that bulb from? Home hardware. Mm. 
<clears throat> yeah, okay. So the way bulbs work, the bigger the bulb, the bigger the flowers, and the better the chance of flowers. Because that's just a, an indication of the maturity and the age of the bulb. Right. Um, so if you have followed all the instructions, planted it properly, watered it, given it lots of sunshine, and all you're getting is leaves, you have two options. One is, you're right, toss it, compost it, give up. Option two is let it be a green houseplant. This whole winter, spring, once we're frost-free, get it outside for the summer, let it be a green plant outside all summer. Mm-hmm. By the end of August, say, and sort of write this on the calendar to remind yourself, put it somewhere, put it in a shed, somewhere where you're just going to forget about it. Um, right. So from out in the nice sun, nice green plant, you're going to tuck it into a dark, doesn't have to be cool, but a dark spot and stop watering it. Um, okay. Uh, the leaves will turn yellow because of lack of water and lack of light at that point you'll cut them all off or they'll fall off and you'll just let it sit there in that dark spot now it doesn't you don't want it to get frosted so if, if we get you know frost you'll have to bring it to a frost free dark spot and then um yeah just let it be for 10 weeks after eight to ten weeks in that darkness and that quiet dormant state bring it out into your living room get it on that sunny window ledge water at once and it should flower i've had excellent success the last couple of years okay so that's uh, worthwhile just waiting and trying it out anyway well honestly i beat myself up because i totally failed at getting flowers on amaryllis for years when i would try to reflower them but the ones i'm having very good success with were very good quality bulbs right so right. they were very big very solid you know sort of Mm-hmm. Grade triple A kind of excellent, you know, super mm-hmm. super bulbs. This, this and I one think that helps. seem to be, uh, you know, a good solid bulb. But, okay. Um, well, anyway, I'll give it a try. Yeah, don't give up. I mean, uh, if you've got room for it to be a big green plant, let it be that big green plant for for at least right. give it yes, another no, year. I can do that. Okay. Okay. Thank let you. Let us know how that works out. Yeah, keep in touch. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Right. Bye-bye. From Sutton, yeah. Uh, um, we're going to take a little trip. Mm-hmm. Give a quick little plug. Sure. The, the excellent amaryllis bulbs that I have that oh, I'm telling you about. isn't it? Flower bulbs are us. It, yeah. So flower bulbs and then the letter R us dot com or one eight 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 nine zero zero nine three six. Caroline DeVries is the person who runs this this uh-huh. particular retail outlet. A lovely person who came out to Durham College with myself and my students, and we planted six thousand bulbs, most of which she donated to wow. the college. Isn't that so? True? She not only donated the uh-huh. you know tulips and daffodils and hyacinths, she um, she did the work too. Right. <laughs> so, and before before we end the show, I want to get you to tell a little story about uh, a new member Humber, of your at Humber College. At Humber College, I will. right? Uh, a, new, a new student you have. Okay. Uh, meantime, they're they're waiting on the line patiently in Orangeville. Is Ron? Hey, Ron. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning and happy New Year to everybody. Thank good morning. You, you too. Uh, a friend of mine. She got a amaryllis mm-hmm. a year ago. Mm-hmm. It bloomed, and then it had a seed pod come on the top. Mm-hmm. She saved the seeds, mm-hmm. let them dry out. And she planted them. She has one little plant growing. Yeah. Now, does it take years yep. before it will become an actual bulb? Yeah. I've never heard of it before. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. That's how, exactly how they're propagated. So it's, I mean, unless it's a cultivar, what we don't know when we plant seeds, we we don't know what's going to come of that seed, like what the flower will look like. Um, with the named cultivars, they are propagated with um by cloning so that they know exactly what's going to going to be the, ne- the the flower that 
emerges from this baby bulb, but it does take years to get mature enough to to actually produce a flower. But if your friend wants to give it a go, why not? Just let it. And you know what she could do to even speed things up is don't do, you know how we're always talking about dormant period for amaryllis to get them to flower? Mm-hmm. With the little, right. ba- little baby bulbs like that, don't even um, force dormancy on them. Grow them as a greenhouse plant year round, 12 months a year. So no no forced dormancy. Sunshine, water as required, out in the summer, in in the winter. Let them grow bigger and bigger that way. Oh, okay. Thank uh, you very much. I will let her know. All right. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Ron. You have a great day. Thanks. Okay. That's nice calling on behalf of a good friend there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before we take our next break, we got time for one more call here. And so with that in mind, we're going to head to Scarborough. And there's Margaret. Hey, good morning, Margaret. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Happy New Year, and welcome to all. Thank you. Uh, I have a question regarding orchids. I've never been lucky. I just received some new advice, and there's a few things I've been doing wrong, like, for instance, leaving them in their nice decorative pot. And the question I forgot to ask the person who has given me the new advice is because the roots have to be sort of in the air, Mm -hmm. is I have um, one of the small miniature ones, and then a larger one, not the six-inch one. Mm-hmm. But they're both in those little plastic pots in the bark. Mm-hmm. And what I've already raised them out of that, mm-hmm. and I usually have uh, stones in the bottom of the pot for when it's watered, and they're sitting on a bed of stones in water. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if I should transplant them out of those clear plastic pots that they're sort of enclosed in, and, you know, let the roots spread out more. What do you think? Um, you know what? If you were going to do that, you would... And it is possible that it's appropriate based on the fact that there's just so much root happening. The plants are growing. The pots are just too small. Um, the issue is is that you do want to if you're going to transplant an orchid you want to go into another orchid pot that is slightly larger than the current one they're in there are plastic orchid pots there are ceramic there are terracotta they are designed quite differently from our traditional flower pot because they have a lot they'll typically have slices missing out of the sides of the pot so that there's very, very big air circulation going on around the roots. I've never seen one. Where, where do you buy an orchid pot? Oh, well, there, your timing <laughs> is very good, my friend, because you live in Scarborough. You are not far from the Toronto Botanical Gardens at 777 Lawrence Avenue East, so Lawrence at Leslie. Oh, I know where they are, but and I heard the dates again. I knew I heard from yeah, last week. Yeah. But I'm not sure I'm going to be around then. Oh, well, you're going to have to send somebody to get you. Yeah. Where, um, from where you are, the, there's, is there still a um, Sheridan Nurseries not far from you? Because they, they carry orchid pots. Okay, yes, I know where the Sheridan yeah. Nurseries are. You could go in there. I mean, they're obviously open you know, seven days a week, as far yes. as I know. Um, they do have orchid pots. Uh, they also will repot for you if, for whatever reason, you're at all uh, stressed about doing it yourself. Because oh. the main thing with orchids is we want to keep those roots above ground. There's a, a whole bunch of gas exchange and moisture taken out of the out of the atmosphere by orchid roots. The, the only reason we have them in pots at all is just to hold them upright, really. They, they, um, it's in nature, they 
do not have their roots in the ground. They have their they just kind of hold on in little nooks and crannies yeah, wherever they yeah. land. Well, the one is sort of the smaller one, sort mm-hmm. of the mini one. I only purchased that less than a month ago, right. and it still has its flowers and a couple of bulbs. Right. And it's in that sort of conical, I guess you could say, small plastic pot inside another one. Mm. And that's the one I've raised to the surface. Right. Yeah, so I so guess that's not time for transplanting. Probably not. Probably not. Um, it's probably going to be just fine to, to if it's only been a month. And, you know, you can see it's, it's when the plant is really pushing itself right out of the pot, like it's falling mm-hmm. out onto the table. You know, you need a slightly bigger pot um, or it's so top heavy because that happens, too. Right. We, we've got so much upper growth and such a tiny pot below the whole thing wants to fall over. So if it's only been a month and also avoid transplanting when an orchid is blooming if you can just because it, you should cut the flowers off if it is blooming when you transplant and nobody wants to do that. No. So, um, so I'd wait on that if you can but if you can get to that orchid show you can get all the supplies you need plus all the advice you need. Uh, pots, media yeah. expertise like crazy and and even pick up another orchid if you like there you go <laughs> thanks, thanks margaret thank you margaret uh, and uh, boy we've got callers we've got callers on the line we'll be getting to in just a couple of moments first a word from some of our fine sponsors here on zoomer radio the garden show on the air don't change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, you know, Charlie, we've been all over the map this morning, so let's take a little drive to Cambridge, Ontario. Mm. There's Lorraine on the line. Good morning, Lorraine. Hi. Um, I want to ask about, I've got um, uh, asparagus plants and spider plants Mm -hmm. that I hang out in the summer, and they're healthy now. Mm -hmm. Um, They're inside here. Now, um, They need to be repotted, Mm -hmm. like they're coming out of a pot (laughs) they're raising up, but I like the pots because they're handy. So I was wondering if I could just take them out of the pots, cut off a whole lot of root, Mm -hmm. and replant them? You can. In both those cases, though, you're going to find probably when you get those plants out of the pot, there's just going to be a whole bunch of roots that's not sort of traditional fibrous root. It's going to be almost like tuberous root. It's a, right. um, and when you do your slicing and dicing to shrink that root ball down, you're going to want to slice in such a way that you minimize the surface area of wounding that you leave behind. So all I'm saying is that instead of slicing some of these rhizomes in half and having this massive amount of exposed um, tissue that you've uh, sliced into, you're going to have to kind of spend a little bit of time probably with some pruners and go in and take out so that, you know, take out that half a rhizome, if you will, so that you've got, you will have surface area exposed that you have um, pruned and, and thus damaged. But if it's a nice clean cut and it's as minimal as possible in terms of exposure to the soil, the fresh soil, the old soil, your chance of success would be better. Uh, I also would try and put off this process. It's going to be a bit of a messy process if you can till at least uh, February, preferably late February. And your, your chance of success will go up. And did you say I would snip off the rhizomes or cut them? Well, snip, cut, uh, just probably pruners are going to come. You're going to use both a, like a, sta- a, a carving knife right. to shrink the size of that root ball. You're going to scrub out your existing pot if right. you want to go back into it. You're going to have fresh potting soil right. on hand, moist and ready to go. I just think that when you, when you cut, you're going to, you start slicing with your carving knife, you're going to end up with some large exposed um, 
sort of uh, rhizomes that have been sliced in such a way that you sort of halfway through on the longitudinal, which is a lot of tissue exposed. So I'd go in there with my pruners at that point, see where that rhizome starts and snip it off right at the top, get it right out of there. Um, just to, like I say, have l- less tissue, as little tissue as you can that's been damaged with the cutting exposed. Okay. It'll just be a little bit fiddly. You'll see once you get in there what I'm talking about. It'll it'll make more sense. But they, both of those are, are good, tough plants. Yes. Easy to work with. And if you like the pots, I understand your desire to, to keep them going. Um, but just uh, put it off if you can till the end of February. Uh, should I cut off the baby plants to... to Wait, on the spiders? Yes. Well, that would be a way that you could actually technically throw out mom and just yes. keep the babies and put those babies, you know, Put a couple of babies back into your favorite pot and give the rest of the babies away to your friends. I love spider plants in the garden. They they can be a really nice little addition in in containers or right mm. in the ground as an mm-hmm. edging plant. They look like a little grass, right? Oh, yes, they would. That would be good. Yeah, so I mean, I wouldn't toss them out. I'd keep them just for, if for nothing else, just incorporate them into some yeah. ornamental uh, gardening and then let them die in the frost. Don't worry about it right. next Right, I was thinking, though, if I took them off, it might make more strength go into the main plant. Uh, them, um, technically yes, but they're such a vigorous plant. I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't take off the babies on principle. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Thanks, Lorraine. Uh, and as we say goodbye to Lorraine, that leaves a line open. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty in Toronto. Anywhere in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Let's go to Scarborough now. There's Gloria. From Good morning, last Gloria. Week. I'm sorry. From last week. Yes, Good morning, Gloria. So. Good morning. I I was coming up the stairs and I heard my name, Gloria yeah. <laughs> and honeysuckle. <laughs> uh, Good to know. Was there any other uh, a plant that you mentioned before that? No, it was just no. the honeysuckle because that is a good suggestion. And that's from one of our listeners. Who Can said, you mix it with uh, if I was going to put uh, flowering hydrangea? Uh, I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Just yeah, have to, you know what? Yeah, it's one or the other. Because partially it'll look better, but also because both of them, once they get going, can the, particularly the hydrangea can become quite a, a a large plant, and I think it would just end up drowning out the, the honeysuckle. So I'd pick, oh, okay. pick one. So how do what, what do I do to have a healthy honeysuckle? And just should I plant one or two around the the base of the trunk of the, my crab apple tree? What I would probably do is I'd get um, something like. Um, a probe, uh, something that's really strong, maybe a stake, and I'd poke around in the ground at the base of your dead tree. Because what you're going to be looking for is planting pockets. So spots where you can actually scratch away some earth and in between some big roots and plant something. Okay. Because the, little, the honeysuckle are going to come in the minimum of a one-gallon pot. Now, that's not that big, but it's mm-hmm. still six inches across mm-hmm. and eight inches tall. So and, and just make some room in between the roots of the tree. Yeah. So Should I plant one or two? Well, so that's my question. How many planting pockets can you come up with? If you can come up with three, it'd be the best. Because okay, always, I'll try I'll, to get some space to put in three. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what kind of uh, uh, extra soil or anything I should be planting with um, it? Or? Again, it's going to depend how much you can excavate out from the out, current yeah. 
situation you've yeah. got going on there. Clearly, mm-hmm. the crab apple's pretty old, so the soil is old. So, yeah, I mean, this is where we get in there. We've got like a soup spoon, and we're, you know, digging mm-hmm. a hole. So, I know. So you're going you're gonna to just sort of do your best to, to find those little pockets. You can modify the root ball of the honeysuckle when you're planting it in the spring okay. as necessary. I've been known to make round root balls triangular because I'm fitting in between roots or, okay. you know, mm-hmm. um, elongated, you know, you can squish and, and modify the shape of that root ball to make mm-hmm. it fit into the, the hole you can actually um, excavate. Okay, and, and what about fertilizing? When should I start to fertilize? The next plant? year, the following ne- year. Next year? Yep, so you plant okay. this year, you start fertilizing the following spring. The following spring. So 2021. And plant them uh, in spring, would that be around April or May? Or? Depends on the spring we're having, for sure. As soon okay. as they're available in the stores, which will likely be end of April, early May, depending on weather. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you giving me this information, and thank you, thank you again. Thank you, Very Gloria. welcome. Thanks for calling <laughs> back. Um, yeah, and by golly, we are pushed right to the limit here. Uh, we have another little spot break uh, coming up here, and then we'll be back to say hi to Joan in Burlington. Stay tuned. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie, let's uh, head off, as promised, to Burlington. There's Joan on the line. Good morning, Joan. Good morning. You know what I like about today? You can sit inside, you look at all the... Horrible snow falling outside. <laughs> Horrible. You can listen to a charming lady like Charlie giving us advice for There me. you are. For the, the garden. Yeah, I know. Spring is just around the corner. How much snow have you got there so far? Pardon me? How <laughs> much snow has fallen in Burlington? Well, not a heck of a lot. Okay, good. Not a lot. We kind of miss a, a, a great deal of it down here. Oh. Anyway, what I wanted to ask you, Charlie, was I have a bird feeder outside, mm-hmm. just off a patio. Um, I would like to put some kind of a plant that would grow up feeder. Uh-huh. Now, I get about two and a half to three hours sun in the morning and then sim the end of the day. What would you recommend? Uh, you don't find that the squirrels use that plant as a ladder to get up to the bird feeder? Oh, you'd be surprised about those dying squirrels <laughs> would do. <laughs> I had a squirrel buster. Oh, yeah, they're good. Uh, oh, yeah. Until you see the squirrels going up. They hang on the pole <laughs> with their back hind legs, and they reach over and they take, because they're not oh, putting the, the weight legs. on the feeder, they can take the seed out. Oh, they are so smart. It's amazing. So I did away with that, and I, I just use the, the 90 bird seed right now, which is a very... Oh, they don't like that much. Yeah. So you know what I would probably do in your situation? Because at the base of bird feeders, it's always such a mess of seed and debris and yeah. and all the you know stuff that drops. To, uh, at the base of my bird feeder, sunflower seeds always come up because there's always a few sunflower seeds that grow. So I let them come up, and you're right, they kind of make the black pole disappear yeah. as the sunflowers grow up. Now, the squirrels, of course, climb the sunflowers. What can I say? Um, so there's that. But if you're looking for a vine, I'd go with an annual vine. Go with something like scarlet runner bean in a two, two and a half to three hour uh, sun situation. You could try sweet peas, you could try morning glory. Uh, both of which want as much sun as possible. Something called moonflower, which blooms at night if you're mm-hmm. a night person. It's morning glory bloom in the morning. Moonflower bloom as the sun goes down. They're both the same genus, the same family. Can I put one of each of those, Robert? Yeah, sure. Then you've got flowers day and night. 
Yeah. <laughs> and but from seed. You plant these from seed. So super inexpensive. And just hope that the squirrels don't see you planting the seed because they'll dig it all up because they're so curious. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought I'd try and get plants and put them down. <laughs> yes, if you can. They're, they grow very quickly. So they're rare. Not uh, Sometimes they're sold as starter plants, but more often sold as seed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nasturtium's nice, too. You could try nasturtium as the, the um, not the low, but you want the vining, climbing kind. Yes. Okay. I'll try that. Thank you, Joan. Thank Thanks you so for much. calling. Alrighty. Nice Take to hear care. from you. Uh, and, uh, oh, you know what? We're, we're going to squeeze one more, more, more call in. Well, because one, one it's Warner, Warner from Tilsonburg. Good morning, Warner. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. What's going on? Well, my garlic is up about four inches. Oh, dear. Ooh. What it's do all I that do? Rain. Um, you, not a lot. It, it'll be fine. I mean, unless you've got Jeff a, a straw bale kicking around. Uh, no. No, but I have some <laughs> grass. Grass? Uh, that's dried up that I threw in the last fall. Uh, okay. You mean if cover it? Yeah. If it's not going, all you want to do is trap some air around the green leaves of the garlic that's come up. So yeah. you could use leaves. You could use anything that's dry that has lots of chunkiness to it, and there some air, or even air yeah, pockets. some loose yeah. soil. But of course, most of the soil is frozen solid now. Um, it, it might blow away, but just, it's going to be very windy. Do do um, garden centers sell bales of hay at, at all? At, uh, um, Halloween. Because oh, people yeah. use them as decor. Oh, that's right, of right. Not hay, just yeah. straw. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but I wouldn't be overly concerned. Even if those tips of those green leaves get frosted off, the bulbs yeah. are still fine. They're underground. They will reemerge in the spring when it's really spring, hopefully. It's all that rain that threw everything off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Moisture. Too much rain in January. Are you getting snow down there in uh, Tilsonburg yes, right now? Yes, sir. Is it's it coming down pretty good? It's that powdery stuff to go skiing with. Oh, Excellent. Really? Sounds perfect. Get out the cross country. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Werner. Thanks yeah, for but, calling. Uh, you see, I put that grass over, and I thought maybe mm-hmm. it was a bit of a cover that it was too, kept it too warm. That's why the garlic started coming up. Um, well, it does trap. Yeah, that's why we never want to make things warm. We don't want to trap heat. We just want to avoid extremes. So okay. it's nothing wrong with doing like a mulch over where you've planted mm-hmm. your garlic. The yeah. thing is to do that once it, the, everything's cooled off. The soil is cooled off. Temperatures have cooled off. Yeah. And, and yeah, we get such crazy extremes here in southern Ontario. Makes it hard. To, for plants. Well, thanks for calling in, my friend. Yeah, okay. thank you. Take care. You have a good one. All thank right, you. thank you. Intend to. Okay, quick. I just want to tell yeah. you one quick little story. So, Humber College, I teach in the continuing ed department, started a class last Tuesday night, and we'll be doing that for the next 14 weeks. One of the, our listeners, a gentleman named Lou, has joined the class, which is very exciting to have a, you know, he heard on the radio about mm-hmm. the class. So he came and he's enrolled in the class. The challenge, though, is that he's not real savvy and comfortable on a computer. And the lectures are all found through oh, the um, website, yeah. the Humber College website. I load everything in there and my students can take it out of there. Yeah. So I'm hoping that Lou has contacted the administration because I contacted them to see if we could organize uh, some uh, way to help him with printing those lectures out for him. But either and way, failing that if he you know suddenly says well maybe it's a little too intensive for me yeah it might be you too can much. Sell, you can get your money back that's right you can always yeah. pull out early in the game with any yeah. of these classes and just get your money back exactly thanks frank hey charlie been a pleasure of course as always yeah we're off for breakfast oh yeah and dry, toast. Uh, dry toast dry <laughs> toast okay. <of> water <laughs> you have a good show later okay. and safe drive <laughs> see you all again next week <laughs> 
This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.